Good morning. I'm not Pastor Al, as you can see. He's coming after me. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about Your Loving Choices this morning, which is a Christian ministry promoting life as given from God, offering loving support to those facing unplanned pregnancies, providing education about the life-giving options of adoption and parenting, conveying God's healing to those traumatized by abortion, and advocating abstinence as the only true prevention of sexual, sexual crisis. To achieve this mission, we present the love, grace, and truth of Jesus Christ, provide compassionate hope and help, promote sexual abstinence as a positive lifestyle for singles, and present opportunities for healing and restoration to those hurt by their lifestyle choices. Your Loving Choices was founded by Patty and Paul Stout 32 years ago today. Yes, and happy birthday, YLC, and congratulations. They bought a cake for today, so there's a happy birthday cake, which you can have a piece of before you leave today. It grew out of their basement and moved to Husky Corners and then to Chestnut Street and in 2003 to the current location on Market Street here in Bloomsburg. Over the 32 years, many lives have been touched and impacted with the love and light of Jesus Christ. Um, we have a wall in the center in the director's office. It's called a wall of remembrance. And we have beautiful cork butterflies. And in those butterflies are a little pushpin daisy for every baby that has been born in those 32 years. I don't know what the exact count is today, but when I retired, there were over 400 in those butterflies. So we praise God for those 400 lives that um, have been born during the, and those are the ones we know of. There, there are many more that never actually came back and told us, so we don't have them recorded statistically but there were more than that also. So those who come through the door seeking our services are often in extremely wounded places in their lives and they need all the love and compassion and guidance possible. I served first as a board member from 2005 to 2010 and then served as the executive director until July of last year. Last year, on this Sunday, I shared with you about how we transitioned into becoming a pregnancy medical clinic able to offer limited obstetric ultrasounds as well as STI, STD testing to our services, and that's all free. All our services are free and confidential. That was a huge process. And through that transition, we saw God provide through people like you in so many generous and miraculous ways, which I'm not going to go over today because I went into great detail last year about that. It's documented in our newsletter, so if you ever would like to read it, it's available. A few, a few years ago, the Lord started nudging my heart that it was time for me to start planning for the future of YLC as well as my future and find someone else to be the next director. At the same time, our development coordinator, Marth Bouvet, was a woman, a woman of faith, well-educated, and was earnestly seeking full-time employment. We were only part-time. 
and she was seeking employment elsewhere because of that, and we were all praying with her and believing with her that she would find the right position. She literally searched up and down the eastern seaboard, and every time she was one step away from being hired and sometimes even offered the job, somehow, somehow there was a check or the door closed. Finally, after that happened numerous times, a little light went up in my heart and mind, and I recognized that maybe God's hand was closing those doors and that he was calling her to be the next director at Your Loving Choices. So I started praying about it. I told, shared it with my husband. He started praying about it. And with Patty, we all started praying. It's a, big, it's a big step to take to make sure that the ministry goes forward in a good and godly way. And at first, she w this was not her dream job. Of course, a uh, ministry job at, in a nonprofit organization doesn't pay <laughs> what she was qualified. She's a well-educated person. She was qualified to make big bucks elsewhere. But God wasn't opening those doors. And so after she prayed about it for a while, she finally felt God really calling her to step into it and trust him for uh, meeting her needs. So last January, we began the transition process. The demands on my time were increasing at home, and I agreed to step away gradually while training and transitioning until the end of July. The Lord graciously confirmed our obedience throughout this year. The first thing was that at the beginning of last year, one night, Marth, which is who succeeded me, she was in bed and it was raining and it was dark. And all of a sudden she remembered that she was supposed to be at a missions committee meeting at her church. And she thought, oh, it's so cold and dark and dreary. I don't think I'm going to go, but the Lord wouldn't let her off the hook. He kept nudging her, you need to go, you need to be there. So she got up, she got dressed, she went to the meeting. And at that meeting, her church got so excited about the fact that she was becoming the director at Your Loving Choices that they decided to up their commitment to supporting Your Loving Choices and gave a huge amount of money that they were gonna donate monthly um, to the center. So that was the first little thing that I saw that I was like, ah, oh, God's got her. She's got support and now they're gonna step up and they're gonna give because they know her and that was a comfort to my heart. Not too long after that, a gentleman came through the doors who we didn't know at all a surgeon and also a member of the Knights of Columbus. And on seeing our, he was interested in the fatherhood piece. You know, we often include the father of the baby and we like to have some support and uh, counseling for him as well. And that's what his interest was. But when he saw our ultrasound machine being a surgeon, he saw that it was kind of an outdated model, which we were very thankful for, it worked, right? And he was like, he was sitting in the office with both of us, and he leaned over to Martha and he said, I'm gonna get you a new ultrasound machine, a 3D, 4D ultrasound machine. And he said, if the Knights of Columbus won't help me, I'll do it outright. And 
ended up, the Knights of, he, he and the Knights of Columbus split that, and that machine cost $38,700. Not one penny did YLC have to pay. Yeah. So I knew I, YLC was good. <laughs> good to go without me. God was still taking care, providing, and um, he's the same, right? It's not depending on, on a person. He uses us, and we need to be obedient, but it wasn't about me. And the very first ultrasound on that machine touched the heart of a couple who was contemplating an abortion to choose life for their baby. It was a very moving moment. So the other, another piece that happened is we have often talked about the possibility of your loving choices being full-time, offering full-time employment and being open more hours. One day Martha asked me how she could make that a reality. So I said to her, well, you gotta go to our accountant and he has to give you the numbers to find out how much more money that would cost. And then you have to figure out how to find that much more money. <laughs> and so she did, she went to him and she found out that it would take about 50,000 more dollars. But Martha is a woman of faith and she continued to believe that Jehovah Jireh would provide just as he had done in the past. Well, the banquet in October raised close to $70,000. And in December, when we have a little um, drive at the, in the last month of the year to raise funds, we usually have a little match, a grant. Somebody grants us three to $5,000, and we tell donors if they give, their, grant, their, don their donation will be matched. Well, somebody walked through the door in December with $10,000. And so that was the, that was the grant. And, and it was matched, it was, tr it was matched with $22,000 on top of that. That was the 100,000 that she had had faith for. And so they're working on figuring out how they can expand their hours and Marth will be provided for. She's a single mom and her daughter's in college. She'll have health insurance and she'll have full-time employment. And so God is faithful. He does amazing things when we think there's no way, there's always a way with our God. The ministry that takes place at YLC is precious to God's heart. Not only saving the lives of the unborn, but ministering his light and love and compassion to the young women and sometimes men who come through the doors. They need Jesus. And although we do not always get a chance to share the gospel with them in words, we are always showing the gospel to them by our words, actions, and the love loving on them through Jesus. So how can you help? Many of you are already faithful supporters of your loving choices, as well as Community Alliance, and we thank you for this opportunity today to share with you. We are all called to serve in various ways, whether it's time, treasure, or talent. Some serve with their time and volunteer. There's several volunteers here today. Raise your hands, volunteers. Yeah, see that? We already got a bunch of volunteers from this church. And we wouldn't exist as an organization without volunteer help. So there's lots of different ways to volunteer from cleaning the office to um, snow removal <laughs> and um, 
newsletter gets done four times a year. They volunteers come in and fold the newsletters, tape them up, and get them get them sent out. So there's lots of ways to serve, and um, there might even be a list. You have a little insert in your bulletin. There may be some things in there that uh, give you some ideas. And if you want to know more, just come and talk to either me or Patty, and we'll get you connected. Um, and some serve with their treasure, with their money, obviously, right? You can't pay the bills and keep the lights on without money. The same for church. <laughs> so money is needed. And some people, that's their gift, is to give, right? They have, they have, and they love to give. I've, I've seen that over the years. Amazing. And then others have talents that we need, okay? So we had, when we were transitioning to the medical, uh, being a medical facility, we had uh, contractors come in, we had needed, needed a door put up, we needed exit lights. I mean, every imaginable thing we needed. There were people with that talent that God sent to us. <laughs> and so y you might think, oh, I can't do anything, but hey, everybody has a talent. God's given you something, and it can be used for his glory, whether at YLC or maybe here. Maybe here, I'm sure Pastor could, would be happy for more volunteers to step up and say, I'm willing, what, this is what I can do, how can you use me? So I encourage you to do that, because God's kingdom is big, and we need to be plugged in to serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's our, that, that's our job. That we, we, we become believers on purpose for a purpose. And so if you're not serving, I really encourage you, find some way to serve it. You may think it's small, but you never know how much that small bit of service will impact the lives of somebody else next to you, near you, who sees you. Sometimes it's a smile that you give someone who's having a rough day that just ministers the love of Christ right into their heart. So don't forget that. So, God provides through his people like you and me. Let us continue to be faithful, to rise up and serve him with our whole hearts. There are baby bottles at the back of church. This is one of our little drives. You can just take this and fill it with change and then bring it back whenever you fill it up. It doesn't really much matter. But you can have as many of these as you want. There's, a, there's not a lot back there, but um, you can have them all year long if you want. So, this uh, through the baby bottles... Um, we often receive 10000 or more dollars over, over the course of a year. So there is change out there, and it does work. So thank you very much. Now my husband's going to come and share the work. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I want to say, Pastor, thank you for the opportunity to share God's word. And uh, before I go any further, I just got to give thanks to God uh, for uh, the way he provides for us in life. I have a little dog. His name is Jake. And he's 11 years old, going on 12. We got him from a shelter. And uh, right now, he's, he's blind, he can't see, but I love him. He's my boy. He's, he's, my, he's my dog. People say, oh, he's just a dog, but he's my dog, and I love him. 
And I just want to say, over he, he came down with an ear infection, and I called the vet, and I, I asked the vet, you know, uh, when can I get him in? And they says, well, the only time we have available is Wednesday. And Wednesday is my work day. I work Wednesday through Saturday. So Wednesday I took off uh, to take him to the vet. So they brought him in, and uh, we were there for almost like two hours, I think. And they had to drain his ear, but they said, we can only do so much. We, you have to bring him back tomorrow, but you have to sedate him. We have to give you sedation for him. Uh, you have to give it at 4 o'clock on Thursday morning and then 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and then we're going to bring him in and finish the procedure uh, at 4 o'clock. So I gave him the sedative uh, at 4 a.m., and I gave him the sedative at 2, and he was out. He w could not move. Uh, I could not pick him up because I, you know, I, he's, eight, he's about 80 pounds and I couldn't pick him up. But we needed help. So I told my wife, we need help. So she made a, a phone call and uh, Pastor and, and Paul were available. Isn't that amazing that they were available just at that time? This was like 3 o'clock right after 3 and we had to have him at the vet at 4 and so I'm saying, I can't pick him up. Me and my wife can't pick him up. We need help. So she made a call, and isn't it amazing? Pastor and Paul were available and came right over. Came over, picked him up in his bed, slid him in the back seat of my car, got him over to the, to the vet, put him out on the journey. They finished the procedure. Everything went well. But I said, okay, how am I going to get him back into the house? So we called, and Pastor and Paul were still available. And they came over, and they took him out of my car and put him back in, into our patio in his bed where he stood. And uh, he still, uh, I mean, is, it, is, that, is that something, or is it that they were just available? They were there at that time to come over to take him in, put him in the car, take him out of the car, and everything went well. I just have to give thanks to God for that. And so... So Thursday night, he still, the, the, the sedative was still, uh, you know, had him out. He couldn't move. So I said, hon, I cannot go to work on Friday because I can't, I can't go to work thinking, knowing my dog can't even stand up yet and can't even eat. So I took off Friday. Friday afternoon, he recovered. He was doing very well. And so I said, okay, Saturday morning, I'm going to work. So I get in my car Saturday morning, going to work, and what happens? I hit a deer. <laughs> But thanks be to God, I was able to break enough where his, his back end just cracked the, uh, the, the, sh the cover for my headlight. No damage to the car, but thank you, Jesus, how he provides. So we give thanks. No matter what happens in our life, we give thanks. God provides and makes a way to help us through the situations and things of our life. Amen. And so I want to, again, thank you, Pastor and Paul, wherever you are. Uh, just thank you for all your help. And I just had to say that. Uh, I just had to say that. So I want to uh, thank God for, as my, as, a, as my wife has served for so many years at YLC, and she was saying that over 400 babies that they know of that, were, uh, <laughs> that came to be born as a result of that ministry and so many more. Every life is precious, isn't it? Every life... There's a purpose to every life, and that is why we have a passion for, for your, your loving choices, for pregnancy centers, to, 
encourage a woman, let that child live, bring it to forth, and it has a purpose in life. I was able to serve uh, your loving choices for the full time that my wife has been there and I'm uh, as a volunteer, and I still volunteer my services there. And uh, I am so thankful for that opportunity to be there and how that ministry over the years, how it's, how it's touched the lives of people. And some have given their hearts to the Lord. Others have seen the love of Jesus uh, through the work that's there. I want to go on and just talk a little bit about sancti the sanctity of life. How life is, how life is precious. How every, every child that's conceived in the womb has a purpose and has that right to live life. We never know what that life will be what God can do through that life that will be born, that is born. We don't know what the future holds for that child, but God does. And God has a good future, a good purpose, a good plan for every life, for your life, for my life, for the life of that child. Sanctity of life. You know, life has value. Life has purpose. Life has meaning. And there are people in life who will try to persuade you about what they believe, what their views are, what their beliefs are concerning the value of life, the purpose of life. And it depends on who you listen to. A baby doesn't come out of the womb with programmed belief of, of what life is all about. A child, an individual learns from the, from the voices of people, mothers, fathers, people around their life that try to input into them what life is all about. What is the meaning of life? How did life begin? What is life for? Is, is life worth living? And so who do you listen to? Who should you believe? You know, there are people who feel that life is totally worthless. How sad. And that life is awful. You have an example in the Bible of Job. You remember Job? Job had sores from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. How awful that is. And he was so, had so much pain and suffering, he had to break a piece of pottery and was scraping that stuff. He was in so much pain. And his wife said to him, how can you still believe God? How can you still have faith in God? Why don't you just curse God and die? And Job said, you foolish woman. Those were his words. I will still believe and have faith in God. And this is the way some people see life that because they're suffering, because they're going through something, that life has no meaning, life is worthless. Why don't I just give up? Forget about God. Just give up and die. No. Live. God has a purpose for your life. You look at some, those who had everything in life. You look at Solomon. Solomon was a man who had, had all the riches, everything he could ever want or desire was at his disposal. He had everything. But at the end of Ecclesiastes, at the end of writings, it says that there's one thing that matters, that you believe God and keep his commandments. This is the sum of all things he said. He had money to do this, money to do that. He could have did whatever he wants. And he said, the final thing that I've learned in life, believe God, love God, and keep his word. 
And so you have everyone in, be, in life in between, the, 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 like Job's wife who says, forget God, give up in life and just die. And there's the other one who says, you know, I have everything, I could do whatever I want. And there's everyone in between. So who are you going to listen to? Who is going to give you advice on life, what life is about? How valuable is life? Is life worth living? What is the purpose of my life? Who do we turn to? Who do we look to? You know, and all these people, as they go through life, as their situation changes, as their circumstances change, so does their view on life. So does their philosophy of life change according to their status and their situation in life. So who do you listen to? Them, someone who... Who, who is whispering in your ear, this is, this is what you should do. Well, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want to encourage you, too, to go to Community Alliance Church website and listen to the, watch or listen to the, to the videos that pastor has preached. There's, there's words on there that will just bless your heart. I encourage you to go there, listen to the word of God, watch it and share it with others. It will build up your faith. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way that guides us through the days of our lives. He's there to be with us, to, to lead us through the days of our life. He's there to give us the truth, not what not just uh, what someone believes, but the truth about life, about you and about me. And he says, he is the life. He is the source of life now and forever. The Bible says in, in John, he in the beginning was God and God, uh, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. The Bible tells us that he formed us and fashioned us in the womb. He breathed life into us. He's the creator of life and the author of life. So who should we listen to about the value of life, the purpose of life? Who should we turn to but the creator and the author of life? The one who formed you and fashioned you in the womb, who breathed life into you. His words say, and it says in there that, that he formed us and fashioned us. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And the Bible says, how precious are your thoughts to me, says the Lord. God loves you. His thoughts towards you are precious beyond what we can understand. He will never leave you nor forsake you in the days of your life. From, ever, from your beginning breath to your dying breath, God will walk with you through life to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, to help you, to heal you, to provide for you. The, this is the God who created you. I didn't just make you. You didn't just come off an assembly line and, and, and there, off you go. God made you personally, and he give, gave you your personality, you know, Sometimes we don't like someone's personality because it rubs us the wrong way, huh, right? But God gave you your personality, and your personality does not rub God the wrong way. God loves you and gave you that personality for a reason, for a purpose. God gave you the gifts that you have for a purpose and a reason. 
God sees you not like a man sees you, but as he sees you, who created you and loves you. And so when you think of God, don't think of him as someone else who's going to look at you and say, well, you just don't measure up. You're not what I thought you were, and you're not what I want you to be. But God says, you are exactly who I made you to be, and I love you. I have a purpose for your life. And so we see that life, God has a purpose and a plan for life. I want to give you an example of something that happened this year that had national attention, and it put the focus back on the meaning of life and of God and as creator. I love football. I don't know if you love football. I do. I love to watch football. It's not evil or wicked. It's, it's part of life, and I love watching football, Pastor. I'm sorry. I like baseball. I like basketball. I like sports, but football is my thing. If I was able to play football, I would. You know, when, they, when there's a need, there, some, some, sometimes you hear that they went and they picked a player up off the street. They use that phrase. So I told my wife, I said, I need to find out where that street is. And she said, oh, no, you're not, you're not going on that street. So, <laughs> but if I was able to, I would be a football player. I mean, I, I, preaching the word is, is number one. But my, I love sports. I love playing football. And so I watched a lot of football. On January 2nd, 2023, I was watching the football game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati, and, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And on that day, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, he suffered. He, he was on, the, he was on, he was on the, the Buffalo Bills team, and he went. He made a tackle. He tackled the player, made a play, and he got up. He stood up, and he just collapsed. He had a cardiac arrest. He's a young man, and he just, he just, that medical team rushed on the field. His heart had stopped. He was literally dead. And they had to do this the, 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 to resuscitate, CPR, to resuscitate him. And all the players around him knew this was not just an injury. He just was not knocked unconscious. He was in a critical state where he had cardiac arrest. And immediately, the game came to a halt. And the players, the fans, the announcers, the media began to pray and intercede for this young man as the medical team rushed out there and began to give him CPR. You see, this, that, that moment, you know, there were times when, when they, would, they would say, oh, people should not pray. And especially in sports, you should not pray. You should not kneel down and pray. But at this moment, guess what? Every player, the stands became quiet. The fans became quiet. The players knelt and prayed, and they were weeping and crying and calling upon God to help this young man. Even the announcers saw the seriousness and the gravity that this young man could have just died on national TV. His life could be over as we speak. And they said, please pray. This it was on national TV. Please pray that God will somehow come and help this young man and give, bring him back. People turned to God and prayed to spare his life. And thankfully, God spared DeMar Hamlin's life in answer to the prayers. And Fox host news Rachel Campos Duffy made the case that Hamlin's recovery inspired Americans and brought the country together in prayer. She said, 
people who know about this stuff said he probably shouldn't have survived or at least not recovered as quickly as this. Prayer to God makes a difference in our lives. When we have a need, prayer works. Prayer, God hears and answers prayer. And God calls us all to be intercessors, to pray one for another in our times of need. At this moment of time, see, DeMar Hamlin was a good player. He was a great player. When he was born, when he came out of his mother's womb, he didn't know he was going to be a, a football player. He didn't know, his mother didn't know what he was going to be, but God did. See, and God put a desire in his heart, and he wanted to play football, and he worked hard. He was diligent in all he did. He had to work out. He had to do everything, and he wanted to play, and there's nothing wrong with playing. But a moment came, and he was a, he was a, he was a believer. I believe in the Lord. But there was a moment came when it was game over. The game came to a stop. Everything he worked for in his life was over, could have been over at that very moment. He didn't have time to do anything. He stood up, and he was out. He was gone. In a moment, everything you work for in life could be over. It could, be, it could come to an end. And then what? Then you're standing before the Lord. I want to talk about three things in life, three components of life. One is physical life. We all have physical life. When in physical life, it's really it's the time between birth and death. When you're born until you die, we have life in the natural realm, in these bodies. God gave us bodies to, to, to live in, to breathe in, to walk in. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made to be able to lift our arms, to be able to see, to be able to hear, to be able to think and process stuff is a miracle. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't come about. You have the processing ability that animals do not have. They can bark. They can, they can tweet. They can do all kinds of things. But you and I can communicate with one another. We can communicate to people of different of different nationalities and races. We can, we can do things that animals cannot do. Did you ever see dogs playing baseball? Did you ever see your cat or dog playing baseball, huh? And what about, is, no. Now, we have the, you know, the, the eagles, but they're, they're not animals, they're people with the name of eagles. But eagles can't play football. Men can play football because it's a gift that is given by God. And so, as the Bible says, while we have life, life is a gift from God. And everything we do in life, we need to enjoy. Listen, we need, you need to enjoy life. And you need to enjoy the things that you can do in life. Why should you? People say, oh, you shouldn't enjoy anything in life. This life, No, you need to enjoy life. And everything that you are able to do in life, you need to enjoy it to the fullest and give thanks to God for the ability to be able to enjoy it and to do it. As long as we understand that what I can do is a gift from God. God gave me the ability and the gift to do this, and I want to give thanks to God, and I'm going to enjoy life because life is a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. And to enjoy the things of life, I'm not saying you enjoy the 
bad things. You're not to do bad things and enjoy it, but you're to do good and to enjoy the good things in life. God wants us to enjoy those good things in life. And we have to understand that life someday in this body is going to end, is going to stop. So while we have life, we enjoy it, we live it, but someday it's going to be the game of the, the, the time of life is going to be game over. It's going to be game over. When these, with these bodies of ours, while we're in these bodies, you ever see players get down on a field and kneel and say, thank you, Lord, or at an interview, they say, first and foremost, I must give thanks to God, to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because they understand that their abilities and talents are a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. To be able to get out there and play and do your best is a gift from God. Because you acknowledge God doesn't mean you're going to the Hall of Fame. Listen, because you acknowledge God doesn't mean you're going to be number one in your sport. No. When you acknowledge God, you're saying, Lord, I thank you for the ability and the gifting to be able to play and to be a good player. I want to be the best. You know, you should, be, you should strive to be the best you can be at whatever it is you do, whether it's sports, whether it's a, a being an accountant, whether it's being a, a receptionist somewhere. You should be the best you can be at whatever you do and enjoy what you do and thank God for the ability to have life to live and to be doing what you're doing. And that's why while we live, we say, first and foremost, I want to thank my Lord for the gift of life and for the ability to do what I do. And as, we, as we've seen, uh, there's physical life, and then there's spiritual life. Secondly, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, the spiritual is not first but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. We're in, we're in physical bodies, but we have a spiritual makeup. And the spirit part of our bodies needs to connect us to God. God is at work in us, in our spirit man, in our heart, to make us realize that God is real. When you are in a physical body, listen, when you go outside and you look at nature, when you look at the trees, you see this, 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 just, this just didn't pop up. God made this. When all the leaves turn their colors, how beautiful is that at the same time, right? And when they all drop off and then when they all turn green again, how marvelous is the way that God has created things. And Bible says that when you look at life around you, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. There is a God in heaven, and God connects to us by the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit of God in us connects us. And so our spiritual man must connect to God, and that brings us understanding of who God is, and it brings us to the realm of knowing that there is eternal life. Or our spirit man can... can be disconnect us from God. And remember, there used to be a commercial. Some of you are too young to even remember this. There used to be a commercial that I used to, I used to get a kick out of. I used to love. That somebody would be on TV and uh, on a commercial, and there would be a, a little angel on one shoulder whispering into the person's ear, and there would be a little devil on the other shoulder whispering into the person's ear. And, and it was like, who do you listen to? 
Do you, do, you, do, you, do you listen to this, this angel that's talking to you or you listen to this devil who's talking to you? One is trying to tell you one thing and the other is trying to tell you another thing. And this is life. People will try to tell you one thing and some other people will try to tell you something else. Who do you listen to? Again, Jesus says, I am the word of God. Listen to my voice. The Bible says, God says when he sent the dove upon Jesus, he said, listen to him. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. And so when we listen to the word of God, God turns us to turn to his word, and in his word uh, we see that he is the creator, the author of life, that he loves us. He made us with a purpose. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will guide you through the days of your life. He will provide for you through the days of your life, and he will, he will be all that you need through the days of your life and God wants us to grow in our spirit, man, so that we can come to know him more and more and more each day. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians, we don't wrestle against uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So there is a spiritual realm. And we have to understand that there is those, the spiritual realm works through people and the heavenly, the godly realm, God works through people. And God works through people to bring voices to us, to bring us the word that we either accept and believe or reject. And it says, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him. There's a lot of people that they say, they don't want to know anything about God. Don't tell me God created me. Don't tell me there's a God. I don't want to know anything about God. That's foolishness. That's a natural person. It has nothing to do with God. He wants to just live things. Life is just living for today, and that's it. When you're dead, you're, it's all over. That's a lie. That's a deception. And this is what try, people will try to feed you. Do not believe that. There is a meaning to life. There is purpose to life. Jesus, the word of God says there is life after death there is a spiritual realm and demar hamlin's cardiac arrest speaks to us that people understood these players everyone understood that at that time when his life could have been physically over they turned not to the physical people to the people around them now it's good to have a medical staff come over but they knew this his life was beyond. We need to turn to spiritual avenue. Uh, we need to turn to God because only God can bring this man back to life. As much as they applied CPR to him, his life was in the hands of God who can bring him back to life, who can restore life to him or could take him home. And so everyone began to pray. They got down on their knees and they said, we need to pray. Because it's game over. In the natural, in the physical, it's game over. Now we need to turn to the spiritual. Lord, spare his life. Lord, spare his life. Lord, help him in his time of need. Who did these men turn to? Some of them in the, in the past would say, oh, don't pray, don't pray. It's not good. It's, you know, people are going to get offended. At this day, they didn't care they weren't concerned about who might get offended. They were concerned about who might get healed, who might get life 
back into their bodies. This was their concern at that time. And they prayed, and God spared his life. Some of the players, Josh Allen and some of the other players, said that this was a moment that was definitely shows that God is real. It touched the lives of players, understanding that we need to turn back to God and pray and believe God for the things in life. That it's more, that life is more than a game. We can enjoy the game, but life is more than a game. When it's all over, we stand before the Lord God Almighty. And that's why the third part of life is we live in the physical. We have the spiritual while we're in the while we're in the physical, to turn us to God or to turn us away from God, I pray we turn to God. And as we turn to God, we understand that God gives us a promise of eternal life, life beyond the physical, life more than the spiritual. It's life eternal with him. For it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God wants us, when he birthed us and gave us a physical body, he wants us to enjoy his creation. He wants us to enjoy the abilities and the talents that he's given us to function in life, to, to do the things we can do in life. God wants us to enjoy these things and to share them with one another. There is nothing wrong with playing football. There's nothing wrong with being an accountant. There's nothing wrong with being a housekeeper in the, in, a, a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. There's nothing with whatever you do, working in a factory, working in a warehouse. It's nothing wrong with that. Be the best you can be and enjoy life. I go to work and I hear people complaining and complaining and complaining. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, another day at work. Oh, this job is so miserable. Oh, I wish I can't wait till I retire. Oh, I can't do this. And I Wait a minute. Thank God you have life and you have a job. Thank God you have a place of employment. Thank God for what you have. So many times, and then I, some people, they say, oh, I'm, I'm leaving here. This place is terrible. I'm going somewhere else. It'd be better. And they go somewhere else, and next thing you know, they come back. Oh, that place was too hard. They make you work too hard, harder than here. Yeah, it's true. So we need to thank God for wherever we are in life. It is a gift. Life is a gift. Thank God for the blessings he gives you. If you have a job, thank the Lord for it. Thank God for his provision. If you don't have a job, God will provide for you. Believe him and thank him for providing for you. God is good, and he wants to provide for you. And so with eternal life, again, DeMar Hamlin's cardiac arrest speaks to us all that it could, be, it could have been game over in life for him. And at any moment in time, it could be game over for, in life for any one of us. And the moment we depart from these bodies, we're present with the Lord. And one thing only matters, that our name, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That means that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, sent by God from heaven 
to come down to earth, to take on human flesh, to walk amongst people, and to communicate to them that God is the one who made you. God is the one who loves you. God is the one who will never leave you nor forsake you. God is the one who's concerned about the things in your life. God is the one who will lead you and guide you through every situation and circumstances in life. You will never be alone all the days of your life because God loves you, and he wants to be with you through the days of your life, and he wants you to enjoy life, not to be miserable and grumpy in life. Sometimes I get grumpy. I don't want to be grumpy, but sometimes I get grumpy. And I got to just, okay, stop it, you know. <laughs> so we need to enjoy life every day. Thank you, Lord, for your, every day I say, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness to us and upon us in the land of the living. We are in the land of the living, and we need to thank God for every breath that we have, every opportunity that we have to smile at someone. Would you rather have someone smile at you? or Why did you come in here today? What are you doing here today? I'd rather have someone smile at me. You? A smile creates a smile, doesn't it? I don't care who, how, you, you look at someone and smile, and sooner or later, you'll see a little crack come on, and they'll, they'll, they'll smile a little bit. God wants us to not be phony smilers just with a plastered smile on our face, but God wants us to be happy and enjoy life, to go through life saying, thank you, Lord, for life, for this day, and may, may I do something that will, uh, that, that will help others in this life. And Jesus says, you know, he says, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. That if you believe in me, you'll never die. And if you die and believe in me, you'll be with me, basically. And then at the end of that, he says, do you believe this? To Mary and Martha, when Lazarus died, he said, Mary, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. If you die, if you believe in me and die, you're, you're not dead. You're alive with me. And if you're alive and you believe in me, you'll never die. Because when you depart from your body, you're going to be present with me for all of eternity. Eternity means never ending. And eternity where? I don't want to live in an, in a, in a, in an eternity where there's pain and suffering. I don't want to live into, in an eternity where you have to go to God bless doctors, but I don't want to live in an eternity where I have to make an appointment with a doctor. I'm not feeling good, brother, doctor. I'm not feeling well. Give me an aspirin. Eternity with the Lord. The Bible says there is no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more dying, no more hunger, no more thirst. No more electrical bills, no more gas bills, no more mortgage payments, no more car payments. And this is what heaven is like, eternity with God. And this is where God wants us to be. While we enjoy life now, God wants us to enjoy life now. God wants us to grow in our spirit, man, to, to, to get grown, get nourished in our most holy faith so we know him more and more and more and that we eventually will end up in eternity with God who created us and formed us and fashioned us and we will be in that place with him forever where we will enjoy his presence forevermore. 
And Jesus says, do you believe this? That's the question to us today. Do you believe this? What does that mean? That means that we need to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that through him we will all be saved. That if we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who came down from heaven, took on flesh, went willingly, went to Calvary's cross, and gave up his body and blood for you, then rose from the dead on the third day, ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father, where he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I have finished the work of salvation. Just believe on me, and where I am on that day, you will be with me also. And so we pray that we call upon the name of the Lord as our Savior and Lord. And if you've never done that, I encourage you to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus even now. And just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the living Son of God who came down from heaven to tell us what life is all about. To tell us that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and come into my life and save me that I may have eternal life with you. Walk with me and talk with me throughout the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me, enable me and equip me to do all that I can to be your son and your daughter. If you've done that, if you do that, God gives you a place in eternity with him. It's an assurance. As sure as God formed you in the womb, as sure as God breathed life into you, and he gave you, put you in a physical body, and has given you life to enjoy, as long as, as sure as God has given you a spirit where you're able to understand and comprehend the words of God, as sure as God is, lives, he has given you and assures you a place in eternity with him. No more death, no more dying, no more pain, no more suffering. So before it's game over in life, let it be game on with Jesus. Let it be game on with God, our Holy Spirit. Let it be game on. Let's get on with the things of God and the things of the Word and the things of the Spirit while we live. Get it on. We see, we see the fans, how they get so excited about their team in the physical realm. And that's good to get excited about something. But we need to get excited about God, about Jesus. So we need to say, game on, Lord. I want to get on fire for you. I want to get on fire for the things of God that I may be equipped for eternity. Hallelujah. Let's have game on with God through the Spirit and the word of God. Pastor, will you come?